Hello, this is Stuart Hardy with All In Sports Outreach. I am so excited about another episode of our podcast. We started this podcast to highlight local stories of faith and sports, and today I'm extremely excited for you to hear from my friend Scott Jackson. Scott serves as a missionary in Argentina. He and his wife serve in Argentina with a local seminary. He's also involved with uh, local American football as a ministry. He's married to Sophie. They have two kids so I'm just excited for you to hear this conversation. So without further delay, let's jump right into it. Well, thanks for joining me today, Scott. It's good to be here. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me on. You bet. So I know there are some listeners that um, aren't familiar um, with you and your story. So I thought it'd be good if we'd start off, just give a little bit about yourself, your family, you know, where you grow up and talk a little bit about your family today. Yeah, well, I grew up uh, here in the Dallas area, out in the suburb Plano. And for the first, you know, 10 years of my life or so, I just had what I consider to be a very normal, just a typical kid growing up in the neighborhood. I had lots of kids uh, uh, my age. I could go out and just hang out in the neighborhood, ride bikes with, you know, uh, uh, play pickup games of, of football or basketball. And when it's summertime, obviously, we were swimming in different people's pools. So I had lots of friends growing up. I also... Um, as far as you know, organized activities. Uh, uh, I was playing just in the, the you know the public uh, basketball leagues, uh, soccer and baseball. Um, so I always enjoyed being involved in sports. Uh, was also in the Boy Scouts and, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, stayed in that for a while. Um, and uh, and so just a just a typical you know, uh, a life, uh, growing up, I would say, um, I am now currently married. My wife, uh, Sophia, we have, uh, two kids, Lucy and Bennett. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife, Sophie, she's, uh, from Argentina. And, um, I think later on and yeah. we'll get into kind of some more details Absolutely. as far as how, how, how I'm married to an Argentine woman. Um, so, uh, that's just kind of uh, a little bit about my background. Absolutely. So let's talk about your faith for a moment. Uh, did you grow up in a family of faith? And then at what point did you realize that, you know what, I need a personal relationship with Jesus. I, there's nothing I can do. Yeah, so I'm, I was very fortunate. I'm, I'm very blessed, and um, I thank God that I grew up in a Christian home. Uh, we were going to a non-denominational church, and that church was just um, really good about teaching us doctrine, teaching us uh, who is God, teaching us about His Word, obviously, you know, telling us, teaching us all the great stories of the Bible, the heroes of the faith. And so I had a very good background understanding of just what I would say is theology. What mm-hmm. do we think about God? And um, uh, we were uh, pretty involved. We'd go every Sunday. Uh, on, on Wednesday nights, they had uh, things for, for kids and youth, and I was going to that. And um, I enjoyed uh, being involved with that. I, I, I remember that they would, you know, offer us stars or stickers or, you know, whatever it was. I can't remember all the, the things we got, but for, you know, memorizing our Bible verse mm-hmm. or um, saying all the books of the Bible um, uh, and uh, so I, I just enjoyed excelling at that um, and um, just being around church. I remember uh, this one year they had this program where they called it Bible Bucks, where there was kind of just, you know, uh, printed out pieces of paper. Uh, but every Wednesday you would go and if you could, you know, if you had your 
Bible verse memorized or if they asked a difficult question during the time and you uh, got it right or if you just behaved, then you'd get these Bible bucks. And at the very end of the year, you know, let's say you had, you know, a couple thousand Bible bucks or a couple hundred, they had all these like prizes and toys and stuff. And uh, you could go and like buy these things. And so I I just remember that. um, And I remember I was able to buy a bunch of stuff. Um, But you know what? I honestly could say that um, even though knowing a lot about God, I did not have a true trusting personal faith in Christ where my personal sins uh, were forgiven. Uh, and so um, I didn't have a personal walk. It was kind of like my, uh, my, my walk with God was more not necessarily a walk, but just learning things and behaving and doing the right things, which is all good. And again, I'm thankful for that background that I was provided. Um, but I noticed that from about 12 years old and on, I had some kind of changes in my life. I went, started going to a different school, changed friends. But my best friend in my neighborhood moved away. I started hanging around with people that were um, influencing me negatively. I noticed I had a, I had a double life, basically. Oh. Um, you know, in, in the home, I would never say any cuss words. But outside in the streets with my friends, we were, um, I was cussing, minor you know, minder vandalism, just doing stupid pranks and stuff with other kids, uh, um, sneaking out a little bit at night. Um, actually, uh, we collected baseball cards. All my friends, we would go to the nearest uh, Brookshire's there, um, and uh, we'd just fill our pockets up with baseball cards and we'd steal them. And so, you know what? I just I started to have a, a weight of sin and a weight of guilt in my life, and I started looking at the future of my life. And I, I, I was thinking, I'm not involved in really anything super like really seriously I'm not out you know uh, shooting people with guns or doing serious drugs but I could kind of see that those kind of things may be coming in my life if if I didn't change and um, thanks be to God it was just one day uh, in my room all by myself opened up the word and there was Mm. a real physical presence real presence of God opening up my eyes to the fact that I needed to confess my sin, that all of this stuff that I was feeling, weight of sin, guilt, shame, hiding my sin, a double life, that all of that showed me that a life without Christ is really not life in abundance and joy and peace and happiness. And so I just, for the first time, just cried out to God in a personal way saying, I need forgiveness of mm. sin. I know that you died on a cross for me. Um, it was just a very simple, simple prayer and just saying, God, I need you in my life. And that was a moment where just a huge weight was lifted off, um, just a sense of joy. And just I, I began to have optimism now about life uh, with Christ being in me, you know, spirit of God. When, we're, when we become saved, he he enters into our life and begins to guide us. And so in a very personal way, ever since then, I've had very clear moments where uh, walking in the spirit that, that God uh uh, was guiding me. So I, um, that's kind of my story of faith. And, um, I, you know, I got into, uh, ever since then grew in my faith as, as I grew, obviously there was a, you know, we all kind of grow in our walk and there's kind of some ups and downs there. Um, so I'm just thankful that I, I was able to come to that point. I think your story is, you know, not uncommon, especially for those of us that, we're very fortunate to grow up in the church, but I think one of the dangers we run into when we grow up in that, that's something as a parent we're trying to to help our kids avoid is that, 
it's easy when you're always at church to to focus on the head knowledge. You know, I know it all here, but is it transferring to my heart and is it right. truly a life change? And that's a yeah. You know, that's, like I said, I was very fortunate to grow up in the church, but that's that but that's also a danger. Yeah. You know, of um, balancing that. Right. And I just so, read an interesting quote in a book I was reading. It said. Uh, um, where there is no change, there is no gospel. The gospel implies um, radical change. I mean, the gospel is power to, to change our hearts and our minds. And uh, thank God that he, he is in the process of changing the world today through, through his, you know, through the gospel. Amen. And obviously that did happen to you because um, I mentioned in the intro that you're on the mission field um, in, in Argentina. So to kind of talk through the journey of you feeling God calling you to the mission field and then, you know, what organization are you working with currently? Yeah, so I hear of some missionaries saying that from a very early age, whatever age that is, that they just kind of have this over kind of whelming sense or a very clear call. Hey, I, you know, God wants me to be in, in France or China or somewhere in Africa. Um, that, that really wasn't my journey. Um, I think all missionaries kind of have a different journey, but um, I never really had a, just a clear like uh, have the sky opening up and, you know, God writing Argentina, you must right. go. But uh, just more through a series of events. I was, and when I graduated uh, college, I was kind of looking for different things to do. I ended up spending a, uh, taking a year off and teaching at a school in, in Bolivia. And uh, mm-hmm. that's where kind of God just kind of, uh, I guess, grew in my heart, a passion for Latin America, oh. uh, began to learn uh, the language in a little bit more uh depth and detail, started to be able to communicate in Spanish. Um, and then uh, that was just a for a year assignment, moved back to Dallas, was working, uh, uh, serving uh, here in Dallas, uh, uh, paying off my school loans. And uh, a buddy of mine, he was involved with a mission organizations where uh, he would do short-term trips and his field was uh, Argentina. So I would just go with him. I would take you know, uh, some of my vacation time every year, just, Hey, let's go to Argentina. And, um, uh, we did a lot of, uh, knocking on doors and just talking to people about God. And, uh, and so I just, I saw that God was building in me a passion for evangelism, passion for talking to people about who he is and a passion for Latin America and just seeing the need, need there. Um, so just kind of, you know, after several trips and going down there, um, this, this buddy of mine, uh, 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 Dave Fulfer, um, a great man of faith. And, uh, if, if you're listening, Dave, thanks for inviting me along on the journey, but, uh, he's, he, uh, uh, had a calling to do a long-term, some start a church hmm. in, uh, in Argentina. And so he was shifting away from doing short-term trips to, to forming a team and doing a long-term permanent trip. And he just asked me, Hey, I have this trip. I, I want to go. I have this project working with, uh, students in Cordoba, Argentina. You want to come along with me? And I was, uh, said, well, sounds good, but uh, you know, it's kind of. A little, I was scared. You know, I was like, I'm not sure if this is the the step or direction that God has for me. I, I at that point in my life, I was kind of looking for a change in my career, or different things was going on, and I sensed a change was coming, but I didn't think it was going to be moving to Argentina. And so I did the due diligence. I, I went to my community group. I went to my church. I went to my, my family and I asked him, is this a good, you know, would this be wise for me to go step onto the mission field? And, you know, um, I thought that a part of me thought that they were all going to say no, that this mm. would not be good. Um, but God had something else. They, almost all of them, you know, said, 
yes, I think this is you should do this. Wow. You have a passion for evangelism. You have a passion for Latin America. Go do this. And so um, I just told my friend, you know, I can, you know, uh, I'll commit to going with you three to five years to help you reach um, Argentine Argentine people for Christ. And what year was that? That was in uh, 2006. So in 2005, it kind of he gave me that challenge. And then in April of 2006, I was moving. I uh, had a couple bags packed, and I was on a plane by myself going to Cordoba, Argentina. It was a, it was a quite uh, an adventure, I guess, uh, excitement. So I've been uh, serving full time in ministry in Argentina since 2006, uh, and I am uh, currently with a missions agency or missions organization. It's called Arm Ministries. That's A R M. Uh, ministries. Our ministries were a small um, missions agency, but we uh, send missionaries all over the world, and I've enjoyed um, uh, being on staff with them. So that's that's kind of what that. So you've been there since 2006. What is your exact role? So um, for the first uh, few years down there, I was um, serving with uh, this outreach to, to college students. Uh, I live in Cordoba is uh, the second biggest city in Argentina. It's 1.3 million. So it's a, it's a big city. And of the 1.3 million, there are 200,000 uh, college students. So really big, just field there to reach college students. At the time, in 2000, there was no other you know campus ministries like uh, crew or navigators or some of the others, you know. So it was there's a big field there. And I was working in that for a few years. Um, and then... And uh, I transitioned into another ministry. I met a, a couple other missionaries who um, had a vision of forming a seminary mm. uh, to train up uh locals who would then go out and be missionaries or go out and plant churches. So one of the things in Argentina that we see is that there's just not many good, healthy churches. So how do you get more healthy churches? Well, you need to train people up. And so um, I serve in the seminary, and I'm basically everything academics. I'm kind of the academics guy. We have other people that run the administrative side, but I help put together courses. I help tutor students. We have some uh, online classes, and I put together all those online classes. So it's like you know, activities such as, you know, what textbooks are we going to use? How are we going to grade this class? How are we going to measure if they've really learned the material or not? Um, a lot of just mentoring students. I meet with students, talk with them, encourage them uh, in their areas where they're studying or they're serving at their churches. And uh, so that's that's my job right now is just to um, pour into these people's uh, lives and help them help them uh, really just get a good grasp of the gospel, get a good grasp of sound doctrine so that then when they go on and plant churches, um, they're going to be, have a solid, uh, you know, they have a solid background of good theology where they're really holding on to the gospel well. Um, So, yeah. So you mentioned um, in the first question about marrying someone from Argentina. So yeah, you moved down there as a single guy. On the mission field, you meet somebody, a local girl there, and you yeah. <laughs> um, later get married. So talk about just meeting her and marrying someone from the country that, that, that God's put you in. Yeah, so um, I was single. Uh, when I went to Argentina, I was I was 30. Um, so I had, you know, moving down there, I was, uh, you know, all my new friends and my new contacts of people that I was involved with, um, uh, were Argentines, so I kind of started, began 
to think, well, if I'm going to serve here a long time, there's there's a good possibility that I'm going to be marrying someone that maybe not from my country. And um, so I turned at, a couple years after I was there, um, uh, met met Sophie, um, and uh, we became friends. We were good friends for for six months or so, and then we started dating. Uh, the process of that, like maybe just kind of meeting her and uh, pursuing her, wasn't necessarily too different from, I guess, kind of what maybe what would look like here in the mm-hmm. States, you know, typical guy meets girl, um, uh, you know, dealing with the issues of, you know, how I'm going to ask her out the, you know, the different stuff like that. So that was that side of things. Maybe was a little bit typical. Obviously there was some cultural differences, you know, the, uh, Argentines and, and the people, how, how we do things here in the States that there's some cultural differences, but, um, I think the biggest hardship or, a, um, hurdle that we kind of had to get over or um, that was kind of in our way was um, winning over her, her parents. Mm. They, they came from a very, very um, conservative uh, Catholic background and their idea of evangelicals um, were, their idea of evangelicals is like, we're basically, we're quacks. Mm. There are so many pastors and just phony pastors down there who are um, stealing Mm. Um, from communities, stealing from people, saying, hey, if you just give me money, God will give you a miracle. And so obviously poor people and need, they're saying, hey, I just need a miracle here. And so um, unfortunately, it's it's a bad thing that um, the evangelicals, if you say you're evangelical, a lot of times the what people will think of you is that, Oh, you're just kind of weird quack. I don't, I don't want to have anything to do with you. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times I just say, I'm a biblical Christian, which usually leads to, you know, okay, well, what's that? Um, so anyway, that, that's kind of their view they had of, of, of me maybe because I, and I was also, I'm, I'm uh, 12 years older than Sophie. So, uh-huh. um, and then also, you know, being from a foreign country. So it's like, they see me as, okay, here's this foreigner, 12 years older coming in, wanting to, you know, snatch our, our Sophie away from us. She was a lot of Argentines, like a lot of Argentines do. She, she was just living at home, um, with her, with her parents, um, so uh, it was it was kind of a, it took a while I guess to, to win them over, but yeah. they saw my heart eventually, and mm-hmm. uh, now I'm thankful for her family. They, they they bless us a lot. So that's awesome. So what does she do in Argentina? I mean, you've 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 told us a little bit about what you do at the seminary. Um, what what does she do? Yeah. So. Um, she got a degree in translation. She studied uh, English um, in college. Um, like almost all of her classes were in English down there in Cordoba. And uh, so she studied all the different uh, like lingu- uh, linguistics um, and language and um, how to do proper translations. And so she um, has, as a freelancer, she works for different companies. Sometimes she'll get uh, uh, different books um, that she'll have to translate, um, or, um, Bible study materials or pastoral training materials. And it's kind of hit or miss. Sometimes she's really busy. Sometimes, um, uh, no companies are reaching out to her. Um, and ever since we've had kids, it's kind of, um, uh, made it so where she can't work as much as she mm-hmm. would like to just cause she's pouring, um, 
uh, more. She, we're trying to invest in them as they're growing up now with little kids at home. Um, so, but it, it's a very important job, you know, translating resources into other languages is, is very important. And I would just, I would just want to pause right here and just speak to those. Maybe there's some uh, FCA leaders or other people who are involved in sports ministry. Mm-hmm. Maybe they have some kids from other countries. You know, maybe they have a, a kid in their group from from Spain or from Iran or from Vietnam or whatever it is. And right. maybe maybe their real heart language is their, their, you know, Spanish or whatever language it is. And so I would encourage those people to, to look for resources um, in their in their language, I know I've used um, some resources uh, that FCA has put out in Spanish um, for you know devotionals yeah. for those guys to read. So Very I would point. just encourage encourage people to to use the resources available. Sometimes you have to kind of take the time to look and invest and, and maybe buy some of those. But um, that, I'm thankful for for my wife and for the many other translators. I know one of the problems that we have um, in Latin America is just we want. Uh, those uh, pastors and leaders and just really all lay people as well. We want to get good material, good books and resources into their hands to where they can grow in their faith. And a lot of times what's out there is just, is really not high quality, high quality material. Mm. So um, I'm thankful for, for those resources available. Very good. Yeah. That's a, that's a nice, uh, nice reminder to um, folks, especially in ministry or coaches out there that have, um, Diverse teams and, and 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 even parents that you want resources. Resources are available, but you have to go look for them a lot of times. So that's yeah. that's good. And you mentioned um, talking about your family, two kids, um, four and and fifteen months. What is that like raising them while in the mission field? I mean, it's I guess Argentina would be their home country, right? But um, what what is that like? The the challenges that 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 may bring, um, because you and your wife both are involved in some form of ministry. So I know that's got to be a challenge with kids. So talk yeah, about that. It, it's definitely a challenge. One one word that comes to my mind too is it's, it's kind of exciting to see them. Like uh, my little daughter Lucy, four years old, she speaks. You know, growing up speaking both languages, mm. she's purely bilingual. Where wow. I had to learn Spanish later on in life. And um, so, you know, I kind of have this, you know, span an accent when I yeah. speak Spanish. Kind of people sometimes people will say, "Oh, where are you from?" And, mm-hmm. and it kind of starts a conversation. But they just, yeah, it's like you, you mentioned that word home, and as you asked me that question, it's like exciting to see them as they grow up. They'll be challenged of that question: well, "Where is exactly home?" Because mm. we're gonna, you know, occasionally we come back and visit right. the United States, but we're gonna be. Um, uh, for the next several years uh, in the foreseeable future in Argentina, and that'll kind of be their context of their friends and stuff. But, you know, who knows? Uh, it's going to be interesting to see in the future, um, you know, when they go off to college, uh, when they come back to the United States, they'll be their citizens of the United States, but they'll, they'll sort of be like kind of uh, foreigners in a way. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's got some challenges too. You know, I've, 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 I guess I don't know the right word to use, but feel bad and uh, it's a little bit upset that you know their their grandparents, my, my parents here in the United States, mm. um, they're not going to have the deepest relationship with them. They're going to get to see them every so often when we come back and visit. And thankfully now, you know, there's Skype, there's ways that we can call, but right. it's not the same. So I, I know my speaking for my 
my parents too I know they just they miss those kids being able to hug them and love on them so there are some just sacrifices you know sacrifices uh, that we need to make and then also yeah the challenges of making sure they're gonna um, we, we speak English to them making sure they're able to read and write in English so that mm-hmm. you know if they do want to study United States, uh, they can. So yeah, it's it's it's, it's exciting, challenging. Uh, it's it's a lot of things uh, there to think about when you have raising kids. Absolutely. All right. So I'm sure there's um, a listener or maybe a few that have listened to this and said, okay, but where's the sports? Um, yeah, I thought this podcast was sports and face. Let's shift to sports um, for a bit. You've become involved with uh, American football down in Argentina. You've shared with me um, a couple of times how big American football is and, and, and is getting there. But how how is that a ministry for you? How does that tie into what you do in Argentina? Yeah, yeah. Let's let's talk about sports. I, I, uh, <laughs> I grew up playing sports. I love sports. Um, many of your you know guests on other podcasts have mentioned you know it's just what a great opportunity to uh, sports can just. Um, really break down any cultural barriers. Um, you know, if you just go out and play a game of soccer with someone, you don't really need to necessarily know their full language to get to know them. It just, it's a good way to, to get to know people because, because a lot of people are very passionate about sports. They're spending a lot of time, uh, playing sports. They're spending a lot of time, uh, watching sports. They're spending a lot of time talking about sports. Um, and, uh, so um, obviously we know the benefits that sports can bring too to someone maybe that um, you know just all the stuff that you learn about being on a team about discipline about hard work and about commitment I mean there's just we could go on and on and talk about the benefits of, of playing a sport um, so um, yeah I just I just echo what others have said on this show about just the importance of mm-hmm. how we can use sports for ministry and um, so when I moved to Argentina, um, I, uh, I wanted to have friends. You know, I, needed, I was moving to a new place, and I needed to meet guys who would be my friends. And I was just randomly, it was kind of a God thing. You know, I just was walking around. Um, uh, at the time when I first moved to Argentina, I was just kind of, I was living with a family, but I was walking around different sections of town trying to figure out what apartment maybe I was going to rent. Mm. I just saw this sign near the university there. It said, um, obviously in Spanish, but it, you know, translating it out, it said, um, you know, come and learn to play American football. That's mm. what they call um, our, you know, what we call football. They call it American right. football, Americano, American football. I was like, that's interesting. I want to. I want to. What is this about? Yeah. And uh, so um, I got the number down and called them and said, "Yeah, you're welcome to come out." And so they were having these practices at night, and they, I went out there and I was walking towards the fields where they practiced. Saw these kind of just two or three guys, a uh, group of guys from a distance, and they were throwing around a football. And I, I um, got to know these guys. Uh, I got to the practice and was. Uh, able to talk to them and uh, it was just it was just a god thing I saw that they wanted to learn and they respected me being from the states like I knew a lot about football um, even though I only really played one year uh, in you know in junior high I played one year like of actually on a team mm-hmm. but I, I grew up around it I, I knew the rules and so I saw that they had a, a desire to 
to learn. It's like I could give them something, but they could give give back to me as their, their friendship. And they yeah. just opened up their lives to me. These are guys that um, actually um, one of the guys um, actually invited me into his home to live there with him for a few months when I was in transition of housing. Oh, wow. um, so, so even today in Argentina, the, some of the guys that I'm very good friends with um, to this day are some of the ones that I first met. So they were just throwing around this uh one of those balls, you know, that you see in, in PE class, one of those plasticky rubber balls that, that aren't very good. And, and then um, I was able to, uh, um, a year or so later, able to, to, to bring some, some equipment down uh, to them. And uh, we had, uh, we've had some coaches here in the Dallas area that have, that have donated equipment. And um, every time going down on the plane, I always load up my bags full of either footballs or helmets or shoulder pads because we, we, we just need all um, sorts of that stuff. But it, it just it just grew and grew and grew. And um, now we have 150 guys playing. And um, I've had to learn a lot, too, because they're now at a point where they're asking me questions that, like, hey, I, I don't know all the answers. I've got to, like, you know, look this up. Yeah. And, um, so, but it's been fun seeing the organization grow, you know, and just we've had our challenges of, you know, you can't just walk into a store down there and buy a football. There's just, that doesn't exist. Right. So, um, been some big challenges. Um, I also have a background in, in uh, health and exercise science is what my, uh, my one of my degrees is in. Um, so, I also get to use that, you know, as I'm coaching or training them physically. I can kind of, you know, I see a big tie between uh, sports and health as well, just being physically healthy. I enjoy um, helping people to to be just healthy. A lot of the guys that come out, you know, they're guys that maybe necessarily wouldn't be because because soccer is the main sport, right? So a lot of the guys that come out are guys that maybe don't excel at soccer. Some of the bigger kind of guys, yeah. or maybe even slower guys, but um, they're they're wanting to do something to stay in shape or wanting to be a part of something. So yeah, so it's just it's been fun for me. What um, you said there's 150 guys. What would you say would be like an average age. So, wow, we have guys playing that are from age 18 to almost 50 years old. <laughs> so we got some guys that are, wow. you know, uh, guys that are working with kids at home and they're taking their time off on Saturdays to go to practice and, you know, hit hit on people and tackle and, and they like that stuff. So it's a, it's a wide range. I would say, you know, average age is... Most of the guys are 20, 24, 25. Um, so they they see it. They see a game on TV and they get excited about it. Or a lot of them, you know, they learn about it by playing Madden. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, whatever oh, it is, the, the video games. And yeah. Like, yeah. And so um, that's how they get excited about it and, and they come out and, and want to play. So. Wow. And you've had um, college teams come down and do camps. I mean, talk, talk about that for a moment. Yeah. So um, – I said earlier, you know, these guys have grown so much, and my my knowledge is not. I don't have a wealth, a serious wealth of, of background of just all the technical details of how do you train a quarterback or how mm-hmm. do you train a lineman or how do you know the assignments and stuff. And so they've gotten to a point where they're pushing me on what I know, and I've always thought, man, we need to bring in some. What a great you know, what a great opportunity if we could bring in some people who are highly skilled, you know, coaches or players that know the game, but then also are coming in with the gospel, mm. you know, saying, hey, I'm going to take a week off, go down to Argentina, 
And so it's been a struggle finding those people and getting trips organized. But we had one in uh, 2008 where some guys, some coaches, high school coaches that were involved with FCA, they came down and put on a clinic. And um, that was that was very successful. Um, and then just this last this year, 2018, just this in, in May, um, uh, the University of Texas uh, came down with one of their coaches. Uh, he's the direct uh, the director of player development, I think is his title, um, and uh, came down with a couple of their players. And man, the guys just loved it. I mean, we had guys that were like taking off work to just be able to be with these guys to learn and they just were able to able to teach them so much um so that was just that was amazing and then we had a really um clear time where we they invited them to this dinner and presented the gospel and they were um, praying together and some of the guys showed interest in opening up the bible and learning more about god and so it was just you know your this podcast is about sports and faith. And so right there we saw the intersection. This is sports guys that have a passion for the game, but Hey, um, there's something bigger and better out there for your life, which is God and Christ. Mm. And, and, and you don't have to, to quit your sport, um, as a Christian, but you can, uh, now live your life and, and, and play sports with that, um, viewpoint in mind of, okay, Christ is empowering me to do this, uh, to go out and, and be a witness for him on the field. So, so, so yeah. So, um, in the future, I would love to see more trips like that. I think there's a huge need, uh, you know, football is exploding all over the world. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people don't know it, but you know, Japan is now playing at a high level. China's playing all over, you know, Latin America. We're seeing lots of teams pop up. Guatemala, Costa Rica, Panama, Chile, uh, Brazil. Um, they're, they're playing semi-professionally in Brazil. And Argentina, we've still got a lot of growth to go. We've got, we're playing in several different cities. I mean, it's just expanding. And people down there are just like, we want to learn. And so... I just view it, man, this is a huge opportunity for the gospel. Amen. Yeah. So, I mean, you got um, people hungry to learn a sport. Yeah. And so the U.S. is full of highly yeah. qualified coaches and players. Yeah. And, and so my future is, is my goal and heart and passion for the future is to see more of these trips. And then, uh, you know, uh, the NCAA allows Division three schools to play. I think it's once every three years a game mm. overseas. That's kind of been a passion of mine. Uh, just a, a prayer is to say, hey, man, if God can bring down a Division three school and play uh, our team, you know, it's a win-win for us because we get to play a game against a, a, a really good team, and then it's a win-win team for – for that school as well, you know, getting them getting to have this awesome trip together, a bonding experience, and then it's uh, you know uh, a way for them to serve overseas and um, and you, you know get a win uh, as far as their football program is concerned. And so there's lots and lots of schools that are doing this, going to Italy, Portugal, China, um, uh, Great Britain. And so my desire is to see. I'm in talks with. Uh, a couple schools right now, and, and so if there's any Division three players or coaches out there that, that want to talk about this, I'd be glad to to get the ball rolling and see if that could be something that, that could happen in the, in yeah, the future. So. And we can help. I mean, just a quick pause there. Yeah, if you're a coach or player that's listening and has interest in that and you can't get a hold of Scott, then um, every podcast we have our contact info on there, please. Um, contact us and we can connect you with Scott because as he said this is a huge opportunity 
both for the coaches and players here to go serve, to build some team unity, a, a mission trip to share the gospel, but um, just an incredible opportunity to take something that we do so well and probably take for granted to another country that's hungry and then it opens the door for those gospel conversations. So we've talked a lot about why football. Um, and you've talked to me a couple times about um, one of the things you like about it is it, it gives you the opportunity to build relationships. Um, whereas, you know, in the seminary, you're training pastors. These guys are there for Christian education and they go out and be a, um, pastors and and you know, sharing the gospel. But this, through football, is kind of a, it's a different animal. You're building relationships with locals, not necessarily believers. So do you right. – is there a – I hesitate to use the word success, but are there any success stories through those relationships that you would share? Yeah, so, um, uh, yeah, kind of going back to your previous question there, you, you asked how this fits in with my ministry. Well, the, my seminary ministry, that's working more with um, people who are already Christians mm-hmm. and building them up so they can go on and be successful. But, you know, me having a heart for evangelism – specifically personal evangelism, I always wanted to have kind of uh, non-believers in my life and be friends mm-hmm. with them. And so, yeah, just as you're saying, it was it's an outlet for me to just get to know guys and pour into them and, and hopefully share the gospel. So we've been able to, I've been able to exchange books with, with different guys. Um, I've been able to um, share the gospel uh, many times, invite them to church. Uh, we haven't seen many come to faith. I have a friend of mine that uh, has, he has come to faith um, over the years. Um, so I've seen one guy come to faith, um, but it's it's a slow work mm-hmm. and it's challenging. Um, but I'm gonna just keep sticking it out and pouring into him. Um, so uh, I've actually uh, played, you know, in Cordoba. I've, I've, I, when I went down there as part of this, um, I'm playing with the guys. I'm co- I'm also a coach. So a lot of the um, the the coaches also play. Oh, okay. Um, so um, for the first 10 years, from like 2006 to 2016, I was playing quarterback, actually, um, just because I could pass better than you know a lot of those guys could. Hmm. And um, enjoy getting to play. Who would ever thought, you know, I grew up here in the, in the States. Uh, people can't – if you're listening to this podcast, you can't see me, but I am uh, – Five seven and very skinny. I'm maybe you know 135 pounds uh, uh, soaking wet or something. But uh, I, I didn't like getting hit uh, in high school, and so I didn't go on and play play. But then here I am in, in Argentina playing for ten years and as a coach uh, uh, too. So I don't, I'm not I'm not playing anymore, but I'm involved with coaching. But um, we had a great team in 2012. Our, my team was able, we were able to win the championship, and uh, we had this dinner where we got everyone together just to kind of celebrate the win. And I beforehand I had uh, I had written down handwritten notes to each of the guys hmm. and, and gave that to them and, and read it out loud in front of the team as I handed it to each one. And so that was like in 2012. I can't remember exactly the day it was, but several years later, I think it was like 2016, 17, fairly recently, uh, ran into one of the guys. I was talking to him, just casual conversation, and uh, and uh, we were kind of talking about that season, and he flips out his wallet and he pulls out that note. Wow. He says, I've had this note in my wallet for the past four years and I every now and then I pull it out and, and what you said to me was an encouragement and uh, so man coaches out there you don't know how um, encouraging your words hmm. um, can be to lift up uh, a young man I know you know when I, you know, just playing 
sports when I was a young young man. I still remember some of those coaches that poured into my life. So that that's just kind of that that men that young men down there are seeing me as an example, and I'm able to encourage them, um, and hopefully, eventually, you know, encourage them to come to Christ. That's Amen. my goal. Um, so, yeah, and. Um, I've poured in a lot. I've, I've helped a lot. Their their league grow down there. Um, they uh, were they were coming up with a name for the trophy. What's gonna What's the name of the trophy going to be? Because we have this you know league. We have 150 guys. But we divide ourselves up into four different teams. And so every year, you know, the trophy they they ended up naming the trophy the Scott Jackson Trophy. Wow. So, hey, uh, that's that's quite the honor, uh, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, uh, it's almost. It's better than receiving a trophy is having it named after you. And wow. I, uh, just uh, so that's kind of just, I guess, a little bit of a kind of shows of their respect for me. And um, I hope to continue to help them out, you know. So, so um, actually, this next question, uh, before I ask it, I'll just kind of share this is actually. Um, how we met. You bring or have brought a couple guys twice, 2013, and then here recently this fall in 2018, to do like a local quote-unquote football tour in the Dallas area. Um, and so back in, I think it was probably late August, the head football coach here at Coppell High School, Coach DeWitt, who was a previous podcast guest, one of our very early on guests, um, pulled me aside. At, I was there watching my son's freshman practice, and he said, hey, I got this email for this missionary in Argentina. He's coming here in a few weeks. He's going to be in Coppell. I, I think it'd be good for you to meet him. And that's kind of how we connected. Um, and so talk about that football tour and what does it mean to those couple guys and how does that fit into your overall ministry strategy? Yeah. Well, going back again, it's all about people, life on life. Mm. It's getting people to um, getting to know people. And so, um, I saw that a lot of some of the guys uh, had had the means to come to the states, and so I just invited a few of them back in 2013. I said, "Hey, y'all want to come up and actually watch games and watch practices? Because I can, you know, I, I was I, again at a point where I." knew that they wanted to learn a lot, but I, I wanted them to learn from the best. And so I, you know, we're better to learn than in the States, especially here in Dallas, you know, right. we some good teams. And so uh, we've done one trip in 2013 and another one just, just recently 2018 with a few guys. And, um, you know, these are my friends. And so it's, it's fun for me just to, I don't mind driving around from practice to practice, game to game. And just seeing the smile on their face brings a warm, you know, feeling to my heart. And then just the amount of time that I get to spend with oh, them, yeah. get to know them, they're my friends, you know. So it has just been awesome. And uh, man, the 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 Coppell coaches were just such an amazing. They did an amazing job with these guys, um, answering their questions and letting them come into to their practices. And they, they went to a lot of other schools and as well. So, so how many? I gotta ask you, how many? Different schools did you visit for practice? Oh, in one week. Oh man, we were at oh four or five different schools, and we saw we were watching games. I mean, we watched a Wednesday game, uh, JV game. We watched a um, varsity game on Thursday and Friday. Then we they got to see a, a TCU game on Saturday. So I mean, it was just football, 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 and we were watching practices in the morning and in the afternoon. Uh, so it was a lot of football. Um, but 
I got to tell you, that sounds like a perfect week to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it does. And I, and, uh, and I, I do remember that on that Friday night when they came to Coppell on the sideline passes and just watching them that entire game was so fun, um, taking selfies with the stuff in the background because, you know, for the listeners outside of Texas, um, there's nothing like – um, a Friday night. It's like small college. Um, there's nothing small about yeah, it. So, so watching the glow on their faces was it was worth every bit of uh, being there. And I don't remember exactly much about that game, but but just you know just getting to interact with the guys and and just seeing their. Um, just so excited about football and something that we take for granted here. It, it was a lot of fun. I'm just very thankful that, you know, through you reaching out to a random Coppell coach is how we connected. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been fun, f- f- fun to watch just these last yeah. couple months. So you're now in the United States, have been for uh, obviously for um, a couple months. And, and one of the, Parts of being on the mission field a lot of times is is raising support. Um, you, and, and you and your wife actually have to raise a hundred percent of your funds. So how do you balance the the stress um, of having to you know come up with a monthly budget and depending on others to give? I mean, we know God is the great yeah, provider, but right. but the human side of us is we stress over that. So yeah. how do you balance that stress and remain focused on the ministry and and not the money. It, it's tough, man. I mean, just even as a man, you know, I call, I'm called to provide for my family. And um, me, like like many missionaries, most missionaries out there, they're dependent on um, either churches giving or individuals giving to the mission agency so they can make ends meet, so mm-hmm. they can do their ministry. And so I know that if I'm fully funded and I'm able to... Um, to do all that I'm called to do. Uh, we've been low on our funds lately and we've had to do, you know, extra side jobs here and there. Um, and it really, that just ends up taking away from the ministry of getting me to, you know, um, with the, the seminary work with the students. And so we've decided to come back to the United States for several months to, to, uh, try to raise funds and it's tough, but, uh, it, it really, you really have to, to cling on to God, you know? Um, and, and so I, there's that very, it's kind of a cliche thing that I hear sometimes, you know, people say, well, faith isn't faith until it's all you're holding on to. Um, mm. but, uh, you know, um, so, sometimes you just, we need, you know, to just have faith that God is going to, he's got it. You know, I can imagine what it's like for maybe an athlete getting an injury, you know, Mm -hmm. okay, what's next God? All you have is I got, you know, just put your trust in God and it's hard, but there's all those, you know, there's, there's, you know, I go to meet with people and present to them and it sounds, maybe seems like they're going to support us and then turns out not. And so it's, it's easy for to get in, it's easy to get into kind of a negative thinking or just, Oh, I, I hate support raising, but it's, have to view it as I'm giving people an opportunity to partner with us to be, to change Argentina, you know, to, for the advancement of the kingdom of God in Argentina. So try not to view it as where I'm trying to like get people to give me money. No, they're just they have an opportunity to participate in the mm-hmm. gospel. You know, Paul mentions to the Philippian church, I thank you for your participation in the gospel from the first day until now. He's talking about visits. He's talking about financial resources, you know, so they are participating my, you know, the people that donate. So it's, it's tough at times. And so, yeah, we're here trying to raise our support. We're at 2000 a month and we're trying to get it up to, to 4,000 a month wow. um, to, to be able to provide for my 
family of four. So we don't do this often, but um, I, I think it's appropriate here. So if someone's listening and says, man, Scott, this, this ministry is just is just tugging at my heart. How can they learn more or get involved in, in specifically the giving part of it? Yeah. Um, so um, I guess you will you can provide this contact information in the in the link or the details yeah, of the podcast um, in case people don't have a pen. But um, so I'm with our ministries. Our website is A R M M I N dot org. They can go there and, and find my name and uh, and donate through them. Uh, we have a personal website that we've made that kind of uh, shows uh, what all our ministry is about um, with a seminary, with a football. It's uh, um, Jacksons in argentina.com and so you can go there also and there's a link there to give um and uh, or just 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 shoot me an email i'd love to uh, meet with people and to talk about yeah. um, what we do my email is scott in argentina at gmail.com good deal very 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 easy to, to, to remember jackson's in argentina.com and scott in argentina at gmail and i can tell you i don't think there's a lot of people in the mission field like like Scott and, and and his family, where they're serving in a seminary, but also intentional relationships in the local community, and his just happens to be through football. So I just think there's something powerful with that, and I, and I you know I, I do believe that God God's going to provide that those resources and what's needed because I know He's not done with you there. So listeners, please um, at least the least you could do is just go check out the website. You know, and then um, and go from there. So, one last question we ask a lot of our guests. Um, the name of our organization is All In Sports Outreach dot org. Is that that's actually our website? All In Sports Outreach is the name of the organization. The first two words, All In, that's really big in sports. You you name a sport, you name a level, whether it's um, youth, high school, college, pro. You hear coaches talking about being All In. So um, we took that. Those two words from Colossians three seventeen. You know, I'll paraphrase and whatever you do in word or deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Anytime we we're interacting with with especially kids at a camp, as we start that off, that you know what, everything we do, everything we say needs to be done as if we're doing it for God, which means being all in, whether Amen. it's yes. in sports, at home, in school, it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. So talk about that. You know how that relates to you, but. Mainly, um, what does it mean to be all in in your walk with Christ? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. That's a that's a great uh, verse. Um, uh, some people you've had on here before they they've had some great stuff to say, great answers. So I've been I've been encouraged by some of the answers I've heard by some of those guys. Um, how what they've said. So you and me uh, both. I've got sheets of paper. Where, yeah, some good little <laughs> nuggets there. So when I record, when I'm, I'm sitting there, I find myself you know constantly taking notes. Yeah. So, so I I just have a few points I'd like to yeah. mention real quick. Uh, you know, first of all, uh, being all in as a Christian, uh, it, it, that's that's the norm. Yeah. You know, it, you're, we're not supposed to, to be um, wishy-washy in our faith or it's not uh, we're not 50 percent in with Christ mm. or no, we are full. We are supposed to be fully devoted followers of Christ, which, like you said, it's it's uh, maturing in Christ. Uh, we're growing in Christ. We're um, being uh, strong in ministry. We're serving others, serving the church. Uh, strong and reaching out, uh, strong on our mission. We mm. understand that we're on a mission, so it's natural. It's a natural thing. It's not 
um, something that some, you know, sometimes we think, oh, well, it's the, it's the pastors or the clergymen, um, it's the missionary, it's those Scott Jackson who's serving in Argentina, he's, he's all in, but, you know, I'm just, I'm maybe just a high school student mm. or I'm maybe just, you know, I've got a normal job. No, we're, we're all, we're all part of God's kingdom. We're all supposed to be all in for Christ. You know, I think of just those verses, you know, to live as to live as Christ, to die as gain. Mm. You cannot serve two masters. Uh, pick up your cross and follow me. Uh, whoever loses his life will gain it. Um, if you are in Christ, you're a new creation. Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ in me. All these verses just showing that it is a natural thing to be all in. You know, we're supposed to be faithful um, to him and wherever we're at, I'm glorifying him, participating in his kingdom. We're not going to be perfect, obviously, um, but that is a normal uh, way to live. Um, uh, so uh, I would say that first, that, that that's a natural thing. Mm-hmm. Um, secondly, I, I just said, I'd like to say that um, maybe some of you are listening, you're, you may not be all in. You might be questioning whether you are um, on the team or not, questioning whether your faith is real. And so um, you might want to um, consider your life, considering uh, where you're at with your with your Christian walk. Are you really on the team or not? Because, um, you know, uh, God says you're either, you know, if you're for me or against me. And um, so um, you're either on the field or not. I know in sports, you kind of have different levels of commitment. You might be a fan or you might be uh, maybe an equipment manager or helping the team, helping tape ankles, or you might be on the bench or then you might be a starter. There's kind of different levels of commitment. But with God, it's like everyone's, you know, you're either on the team or not. And um, so it's easy to, to fool ourselves into thinking sometimes we're Christians just because we put on the jersey and, uh, you know, we might have you know people, you know, we're able to look like we're players. We kind of like show up to church every now and then um, and say some right things, kind of like how, like how I was before I was saved. I, I, you know, I thought I was a Christian, but mm-hmm. I wasn't. So um, I would just say that. And then um, lastly, I think a, a big part of, of being all in is about having people around you that are all in as well. Mm, and so, huge. you know, Proverbs thirteen twenty: those who walk with the wise will become wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. So mm. what's that saying? Saying is if you surround yourselves with people who are um, good examples, who are uh, doing the right things, and then you will want to, you will be encouraged to do those things. I think of, uh, you know, translating it into sports, I was a, a cross-country runner in high school. I was um, fortunate to do that in college. When out of high school, I knew I had, I knew I wasn't running my best times when I graduated as a senior. I knew that there was, I had so much potential, but I'd sort of plateaued out. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I could, I could run a lot faster. And so I get to college, and, and the first year, I mean, my times just dropped. I mean, I was running fast, a lot faster. Uh, why? Well, because I, all of a sudden I had I was around just some studs that were running some fast times, and so I began to train like them, eat like them, sleep like them, live like them. I became a faster runner, and so it's like that with the Christian walk. You can't. There is no such thing in the Christian life as a strong Christian who's just a lone ranger who's out all by himself doing it all alone. That's right. Um, we are a body of many members. We are to serve each other. We are to serve in the context of 
a body of believers. It could be, you know, um, the context of the church, I think, is the best place. But maybe some people will find um, a group of people uh, with, I mentioned, you know, FCA huddles or sports uh, ministries like yourselves, all in sports outreach, um, athletes. And there's different sports or oh, other yeah. ministries that people can involve with. So if you're a, a young uh, person or, or, or whoever is that's listening, if you're out there and you're um, a little bit disappointed of where you're at, I would just ask you who, who you're running with, who mm. are people around you, and go find some people that are going to ask you tough questions, they are going to love you, they're, they're serving, and you can model them. Um, that's, you know, that's what the disciples were just, they spent three years with Jesus to you know, learn, you know, that he showed them the way mm-hmm. and they were, then they were able to go off and live like him. So that's, uh, that's part of being all in that we could talk a lot longer, no, about absolutely. What it means, but those are just some things that come to mind. Uh, so no, that's good, man. I'd say we've covered a lot today. Um, you know, we started this podcast a little over a year ago. I had no idea where it would go. And, um, I didn't think I'd ever be sitting down talking to a missionary in Argentina that served in seminary and also football. So I appreciate your time. Yes. Um, I know I've really treasured the short weeks or months that we've kind of gotten to know each other and um, just learned a lot just from your your passion for evangelism and, and you know building relationships um, for the purpose of sharing the gospel. So I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for being an encouragement to me as well. You bet. And also, lastly, thanks for... Scott, just thanks for listening to the podcast. I mean, guys, he's out there. He's texting me, hey, I, I love the, the one with Jackson Shipley or uh, that Tyrone Smith guy was great. I mean, he's yes. always listening to all of them. And I say those two names, but um, he's he's listened to, yeah. to, so to, to quite a few. So um, yeah. I appreciate you being a listener. Yeah. Well, thank you again to Scott for taking time to join me today. He's got a lot going on as he's here in the States, just visiting with churches and uh, potential donors and fundraising for their ministry there in Argentina. I know I've just been encouraged by the brief time that I've known Scott, just his passion for evangelism and building relationships with others, his boldness for Christ. And I hope you were encouraged by this conversation. I hope you'll check out his website, jacksonsinargentina.com, and reach out to Scott and um, just even if it's not to become involved in this ministry, just send them an email, just a quick note of encouragement to pray for them. Um, They're on the front lines, um, not just in training future pastors and current pastors, but also as he's out there on these football fields, building relationships with those in his community with the purpose of sharing the gospel. There's a lot we can learn from that. And just his closing comments about being all in for Christ. There's only one way in your relationship with Christ, that is to be all in. And Jesus reminds us, we're either hot or cold, we're not in between. So I would encourage you to uh, to be all in. And, and also, as Scott said, that in Proverbs, it says that if you hang out with fools, they're going to lead you astray, basically. That's Stuart's paraphrase version, but just as a reminder to be very careful who we hang out with in our in our inner circle. Be sure it's people that uh, speak truth into our lives, encourage us, pray for us, and also challenge us. I ask you, lastly, to uh, share this episode with the family, our friends, share it with anybody 
that needs to be encouraged. And as always, we love hearing from you. You can visit our Facebook page, All In Sports Outreach. There we keep you up to date on areas to pray for us, opportunities to serve with us, and opportunities to give. And also visit our website, www.allinsportsoutreach.org. Just a great resource to find out why we do what we do, who we are, what we're about, and any upcoming events. And you can also contact us there. And I also ask you to go to iTunes, leave us a review. The more reviews we get, the greater the platform to continue to, to share the good news of Christ through media. Thanks again for listening. Thank you for sharing.